I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Before I get started, I just need to take a second, as per usual, and say a huge, huge thank you to my 668 patrons on Patreon. You guys are the reason that I get to watch each episode of Vanderpump Rules two times, take extensive notes on it, and then talk about it for hours on end. It's a dream come true, and it really wouldn't be possible without your support. So thank you for allowing me to make my dreams a reality. If you're curious about how you can get involved with this podcast and how you can support this project, it's very, very simple. You just have to visit www.patreon.com slash sexyuniquepodcast, and it is there that you will find everything you need to become a supporter of SUP. For as little as $1 an episode, you will have access to weekly bonus episodes between me and my guests. These are really fun because we can keep talking about Vanderpump Rules or we can talk about anything that we want. So it's always a good time. And if you feel like coming in on a different level of patronage, the good news is there are plenty of levels that you can get involved at and various rewards associated with each level of patronage. So if you're curious, check it out, www.patreon.com slash sexyuniquepodcast for more details. And now, without further ado, I give to you this week's episode of SUP. This is the Sexy Unique Podcast, an exploration of Vanderpump Rules. Ain't nobody got me feeling like I'm feeling you. And I'm your host, Laura Marie Shane Hall. Everybody freeze, put your hands up. We ain't about to take it easy, hope you cakes up. London with the beat, here we go so in. Got a girl with a friend, you be both win. 
Okay, welcome to this week's episode. I have an incredibly special guest who you may recognize from past iterations of this podcast. It's writer and lawler Sam Lansky. Hey, everyone. Hi. I'm so glad to be here. Thank I'm you for so, having me. So happy to have you here. Thrilled to be joined by this incredible community of pump heads yeah. listening out there. I'm sure that they recognize that sultry voice of yours <laughs> and they are equally as excited. It's really it's it's a treat for me. It's a treat for all of you, I think. It's just like <laughs> great all around. Yeah, everyone wins. Yeah, totally. Um before we started recording, you just like casually dropped a real power move of a sentence where you were like, oh, oh you want to lead with this? Yeah, I want to yeah. lead with Oh, this. you want to start with this? I just want to dive in okay. with this moment. So Sam was asking me to describe where I'm at with everyone on the cast of Vanderbump Rules, to which I responded, like, I am pretty sure I'm. we're all at, like, a neutral place right now. And relations are no longer frayed, but they're certainly not, like, lovey-dovey. And to which he responded, I was like, well, what about you? Do you ever run into anyone? He was like, here and there, but, you know, I'm very close with Lisa. That's not what I said. That's not what I <laughs> said. What did you say? Even, what did you say? That's not even said. I, I said, I, said I, love, I, I know Lisa and Ken. You're like, I love Lisa and Ken. <laughs> I mean, and I do. I yeah, do. Yeah. They're lovely people. But then I was like... How, in the back of my mind, I was like, wait, how, how do you know them? Like, so the, how, no. <laughs> but I love, no, and I'm not trying to like be shady to you. No, 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 no. I don't feel shaded. Okay, good. And, yeah, I don't feel shaded. Cause I just, I just loved that sound, but cause it was, it was, it was like, oh my God, in the time that we've like last seen each other, he's grown very close. I mean, I've definitely seen you since then. I just don't know it, that I like, I don't like go around like volunteering, like yeah. by the way. And I also, you know, like am, am friendly with mm-hmm. Ken and Lisa. I'm you like, know, how are like, you? You're like, a- I'm extra, extra close with Lisa and Ken. Thank <laughs> you so not, much for asking. <laughs> Honestly, I would do that. Like that's the, that's the real inherent. That's what I would group. hope yeah. anyone would do yeah, to me. Is like, is like start off with that. Just no. be like, I'm so close with Brad Pitt now. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, right. No, he's great. He's a dear friend. He's a dear friend. You know my friend Brad? Mm-hmm. Pitt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really like super, super into Angie and the kids now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been spending a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. Just like so much. Yeah. So much. Um, so wait, I just asked you to like elaborate on your like Lisa and Ken meeting and you mentioned so go ahead and tell so so the story is like I I'm I'm a journalist and I went to interview Lisa and we had a really lovely time like she was like I went to Villa Rosa as you can imagine it was iconic I would I wish that you guys could see the way Laura's eyes just like widened visibly in like an almost cinematic way when I said I went to Villa Rosa like I just she just love... lit up like a Christmas tree <laughs> Villa Rosa is kind of like the grow no it's like a grove like space it's it's striking it's it's very it is a space of fantasy yes i would definitely describe it that way i much prefer villa rosa to the grove yeah yeah like a hundred percent um but it was very beautiful um there were ponies grazing on the lawn we sat on the veranda and had tea like it was <laughs> did you see the swans we need like we need video yeah, so, so people can see your face right now because yes the glass obelisk otherwise known as villa rosa <laughs> yes i saw <laughs> i saw the swans um i beheld the entire thing and lisa was just like beyond lovely like she was really lovely so she after that point read my book 
Um, and then we had like a little correspondence about it and subsequently went to dinner a couple times and like talked about the book and, and she was just like really, really lovely and really great. I went to dinner with her and Ken. They, and, and this is not like for the show. Like if there were no, no like, yeah. microphones, like I would say yeah. this too. Like sincerely. No, I'm dying over she read the book. Oh yeah. No, she, she did. Sincerely. <laughs> what a dream to have Lisa Vanderpump read your work and then like love it. It, it, it was it was very very gratifying to me very gratifying mm-hmm. like i can't deny that it yeah. absolutely was and like i did my birthday party at pump um this last year and like lisa stopped by and said hi because she and kind of like helped me set it up it was quite a moment i will say like i don't know if i've ever felt quite as special as when lisa walked into my birthday party to wish me a happy birthday and everyone was there like it was it was an iconic moment. Like yeah. it really, really was. Like I was hugely, hugely thrilled by that. Lisa, if you're out there listening, like I love you. I think you're the best. <laughs> like really, <laughs> I'm like I was extremely flattered that you took an interest in me and my work. I think you're a true queen, and like nothing but respect for my president. Love. You know? That's like what I'll say okay. about the Lisa and kind of it all. I love that. Yeah. So the episode opens up with Jackson Brittany coming back to work at Sir after the dreadful fire that yeah. took place in the electronic room. I know. And Sir's had a bit of a facelift. There's yeah. lots of new chandeliers. I thought it looked great. It looks really great. Yeah. I am really weirded out by how many fires have happened in like Lisa Vanderpump's world. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Sir has had, I think a couple, or Pump has had like a couple fires. Sir had one. And I was just like, I was always very suspect of the fire and then this like immediate facelift that happened where it was like, I just, it just smells to me like an insurance now, scam. Of some oh, sort. wow. Now, do you think that this is just like the cost of doing business? Like if you operate a restaurant, like, is this like a, con- I genuinely don't know. I don't know because, well, the way, so the fire happened and then it was like, oh, we have to replace all this stuff because it was damaged from smoke. And so, and I just was like, this seems all too convenient that suddenly this facelift is happening right around the time this fire. And I kept reading that her restaurants had caught on fire. And then one of the listeners had emailed and, or DM'd me and was like, remember when her house caught on fire? Oh God. I I don't even remember that. During the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like kind of the beginning of that era when she lived next door to Adrian Maloof. Oh, I do remember that. And it was very much like, I didn't remember it at all until this person had told me about it. And I was like, oh my God, like, so I just find it. So to do you be, think it's bad luck or do you think there's something more sinister? I think there's something more sinister at play. Like I have a feeling that there is maybe like a scander pump happening. Oh with my the, God. With the fires. I and you know, I don't want to go out and about accusing anyone explicitly, yeah. but I just right. think, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm literally the emoji that's like, yeah, right. With the the sort of like squinting, yeah. evaluating. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak to the aforementioned scamder pump, um, <laughs> fa- fan as I am of that, um, but of that, of that verbiage. Um, but, uh, I do think like, I mean, like, I feel like kitchen fires happen kind of a lot. No, don't they? Isn't that kind of like a thing? This was an electrical fire. This was like in the electrical room. Okay. Where like the little meter, you know, like electrical things have those meters that do whatever it is they do. Yeah. It happened in there. Yeah. 
It just it just is. It didn't sit right with seeming you. Seeming a little fishy to me. Yeah, yeah my like, like deeper intuition. It's us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My psychic energy. My angels are telling me something's not right. Your spirit guides and your high teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> you I, know. Yeah, I absolutely know. Um, no, I mean, I, I think it's a worthwhile flag. I'm just glad that um, it provided an opportunity to. It looked like there were some great new floors. I mm-hmm. saw some really promising new flooring and very interesting new light fixtures mm-hmm. and chandeliers mm-hmm. that. Came came into play absolutely absolutely i feel like um the opportunity to do a little bit of updating as unfortunate as the fire was i'm sure must have been welcome for all involved yeah it seems as such yeah um the fake okay so tom tom's like vegas trip the chandeliers kind of tie into that Mm, because mm -hmm, they link mm -hmm. back to nikolai is that his name i'm not sure the guy who's like in vegas she has like some restaurant designer i was surprised by how many people there were in vegas who like yeah are like involved with the uh like decor and so on of her restaurants well i'm like okay do so did the you Tom like get Tom, that? I didn't totally get that. Like, why are they all there? Like all the whole crew. Yeah. Well, Tom and Tom have now paid, I think, like twenty five thousand dollars each to right. like be in business with her. No, no, no. I I got why Tom was there. I mean, like, why there were like there were multiple rounds of like various people. Oh, like who, the plate. Yeah, got, like right, the plates yeah. and the salt and pepper right. shaker. Like, why glasses wouldn't they be guy? in L.A. when their restaurants are in L.A.? I don't know. Maybe they're like wholesale, like showrooms and wholesale places. I don't understand the logistics of any of the restaurant decor right. meetings like why they would happen in vegas versus la but i can only imagine it's like for the show it makes a lot more sense to just like tote everyone out to vegas and that's going to be a lot more exciting yeah than i like guess having them be yeah i guess on a production standpoint that makes sense my what i was wondering is whether like you literally have to leave la and go to vegas in order to find the levels of like over the top glitz and glamour <laughs> that you would associate with a Vanderpump establishment, which which felt like very possible to me. Yeah, I, like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe you literally have to go to Vegas to find like that degree of like opulence. Yeah. You know, like you literally like you can't even find it in LA. Probably. I mean, that makes sense when you think about collectively, like the Vanderpump Empire of restaurants, and now like the dog adoption center like i mean like the aesthetic the aesthetic is, is very like it's, it's glitzy very vegas. yeah like glitzy like fun vegas yeah in a way that like you know i i sort of think of all of those establishments as being like a last bastion of that <laughs> kind of style yeah you know? in like in like a really fun way but like in a way that's very much you know like like that's the vibe at like planet hollywood or like you know mm-hmm. the cosmopolitan you yeah know? um i have no idea yeah, that's interesting. I would like to know that as well. Maybe we can solve this mystery. <laughs> yeah, somehow maybe. And, like get to the bottom of it. Um, Lala and Sheena are in the studio, and they Lala sure were. Lala is now really coming into her own as, as a, a vocalist, vocalist, as a singer, Dulcet. a performer. Yeah, she <laughs> she is really you know padding herself with mm-hmm. a lot of people to like launch her career. I mean, there was a whole entourage. There was a whole entourage. I was quite shaken to yeah. see how many players she rolled with. I mean, I know it takes a village to cut a smash, but like it was truly. Like, Lala's version of going in the stew seems very legit because Mm -hmm. I think because she has the whole entourage and it's not just, like, Mike Shea and some, like, random creepy producer. Like, it's a lot of, like, hip-hop people. Yeah. 
so it seems so there was a gentleman who appeared to be wearing like a velvet blazer with no shirt yeah i was really taken with that yeah and as he a was kind of style statement totally like hyped and like very high energy yeah. and then you had like kind of the two guys sitting at the sound controls like dealing with that yeah and then just like that really chic girl with like the crop top mm-hmm. that was kind of just like vibing, vibing. out yeah. she was just like hot and totally. there to vibe yeah which i think you always need in like a going into the studio 100 percent environment yeah totally and sheena actually was really bringing the energy down i agree i agree although i was really grateful for the flashback to some of sheena's earlier vocal performances Mm -hmm. some earlier studio sequences her flat singing voice (laughs) she sings in a monotone She's like, what song was she singing? What song was that that we flashed back to? I don't know, but it was electrifying. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, it really, it gave me everything I needed from from a piece of recorded sound. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it was just, like, all I wanted. She's like, because her good eyes got... Like, she just has no emotion when she sings. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's nailed the emotive vocals as part of her whole performance package but listen you know sometimes it's just about it's just about a pure love of music you know and i think she has that in Mm -hmm. droves yeah i don't know like it's funny to see sheena get like more animated about like something jack said about rob Mm -hmm. and then like than she does about like her own music yeah totally totally i mean she had she had a lot to say (laughs) about rob this episode uh yeah lala confronts her um about what Jack said about Jack's Tom and Rob's convo on the boat mm-hmm. and how Rob said that he loves her but he's not in love with her and Sheena continues to deny that he ever said that and that they've like picked out baby names there What was like, the baby name? It was Madison really good. Marie Parks Valletta. <laughs> what yeah. i already know like what, what that child is yeah. yeah no yeah that child set up for yeah for something mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know why her her insistence on spinning the her and rob narrative despite like extensive extensive receipts that contradict her at every turn is fascinating to me mm-hmm. like I, I don't understand what the psychology of that is she's you know? so committed it's like i feel like if she thinks she thinks that if she just keeps going that everyone will eventually like like reality it. will catch up to the story yeah at some point. and like yeah. people will someday be like oh yeah you're right yeah totally yeah like, like you were right all along. oh yeah you were right all along yeah when that it's like no one it's ever told her happen. that that's not what happens yeah. in that situation totally like even on watch what happens like andy played all the clips of everything rob had said and then clips of sheena being like <laughs> he would never say something like that he wouldn't say that and then she still just she doubled down she was like you know rob doesn't know jacks that well and so he's really uncomfortable on camera so that's like why you were seeing him like that. Does and Rob actually, seem uncomfortable on camera to you? He seems like he's he seems like he thinks he's too good to be on this show. Well, and I think there may be some truth to that. Yeah, but it's also like worse. you you're on the show. Yeah, like you're right. willingly on the show. So then that takes away from any smugness or like ability to be superior superior yeah Yeah. because you're here like you're dating sheena you're clearly like wanting this exposure so i was thinking about rob earlier today as a matter of fact as one does yeah just (laughs) occupying a little space in my brain what were you Um, doing when you were thinking about rob oh i mean i was watching the show (laughs) (laughs) i thought you meant you were just like 
he popped into your head at some point. I was like, yeah, totally. I was out. I was I was doing Runyon, and I was just like having a think. You know, I was just like doing some soul searching, a deep Rob thing, profound introspection. And lo and behold, mm-hmm. there was Rob in my imagination. Yeah. No, I was watching the show, and I was thinking about like. If you met someone you really liked and they were on a reality show like Vanderpump Rules, what? how would you manage that? You're giving me a look right now. It, it would be, I think, weird. Like if you were a private citizen. If I was a private it, is this like, it would be weird for me to meet someone and not know already that they were on like a reality show. Do you, did he like, not know? No, I think he knew. Because they've known each other for a long time. I met someone organically that just happened that they like. Then they revealed to me, or like I already knew that they were on a real this like crazy reality show. But I met them, and I was like, oh my god, I actually like really. Right. I mean, like if if you like met a guy and like it was like really great, and then like three dates in, he was like, by the way, last summer like I taped this Bravo show, Summer House, and and it's coming out and it's coming out soon, and I might go back for a second season. I don't know for sure. Like, would that be like a deal breaker for you? No, I don't think so. Like if we were really vibing. Yeah. But I would be I would have a lot of questions. But then if you if like the relationship continued and then you were asked to be on the in show. a supporting role on the show. It depends. Like I would obviously watch every episode right. of the show yeah. and like ask him all about it. And right. I would be really concerned if he was a character like a Jax type or a right. Sheena type. Right. And like he to me, if I was into a guy, I would think that they wouldn't be like a Jax or Sheena type, but right. I would really question myself if then I watched the show <laughs> and he was like a total psychopath. Right. And I'd be like, where's the disconnect yeah. here? Right. Um, I don't know if I would want to go on a reality show as someone's girlfriend. The thing I always wonder about this is like, I like how much like, so if we like sort of like take as like a, a basic premise that like, to some extent, like, these people are all, like, playing characters mm-hmm. on the show. Like, how much of it is basically signing on to effectively an acting job? You yeah. know, like, like effectively, like, a gig where yeah. you are, like, a character in this, like, drama that is being developed effectively. Mm-hmm. Where it's just people playing these, like, weird iterations of themselves. As opposed to actually, like, allowing cameras into your life in a real and meaningful way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if I, like, I don't know that I would actually want to be like depicted as I am on a reality show. Like if I met a dude and he was like, I'm on this show and like, you know, I got like roped into being his boyfriend. Yeah. I would not want to like let cameras experience me as I am mm-hmm. authentically. No. But I think I would love the to ad- like <laughs> the attention of it all. I would love the attention and I would love getting to decide what version of myself I wanted to be for the cameras, yeah. you know, and like playing that version like that, that sounds could be fun, fun yeah. that sounds really fun but then also it's like because i also i would not want producers to come in and then just like create a storyline for me right. like you'd want to be involved in like yeah yeah i and need like a the lot narrativizing of say. Of i need a life. lot of say yeah, yeah. like because my worst fear is that what happens to these vanderpump people is what would happen to me where like they the producers kind of observe and then they're like oh this is the dynamic let's right. like really this exploit is the story yeah. yeah they're like right oh he clearly does not care about sheena and she cares a lot about him we're yeah. gonna really lean into it and like if that was me with someone i was dating <laughs> they're like they <laughs> so this is his new girlfriend they don't like right. her yeah. i would just be like 
I would be not into that. Yeah. For me personally. That makes sense. Yeah. I think I'd do it anyway. You- <laughs> <laughs> I would. It would be like it wouldn't be fun and flirty and lol for at least like three to five years after the fact. <laughs> but then you'd hit your six and you'd be like, Oh my god, this is I can't believe I did incredible. Like I'm so glad I did this. Everyone needs to watch. You could do a lot of like shows, you could write about it. Yeah, totally. You need to have some distance from that heartbreak and heartache, but it could pay off. I feel like what this conversation is bringing me to is that like I need to find a guy from a reality show to date. Yeah. Like now. Yeah. I need to stop trying to find like a suitable partner Mm -mm. and just look among like the gay talent of bravo yeah okay mm-hmm. let me start thinking about or this. start developing with someone like with like gay talent that you find right. and like and then create <laughs> the whole gay talent <laughs> it's a preponderance of that in west hollywood <laughs> yeah there's a yeah. lot and then you know kind of seamlessly weave yourself in and out of a show yeah no i think that's a that really way you'll idea. have more control yeah, absolutely. I think I want to have like a like a kind of um, Dan Bukatinsky on the comeback sort of role, where mm-hmm. like I'm very involved in like producing and developing, but like I'm also an occasional appearance maker who gets to sort of like be on and like ham it up for the cameras. Yeah, only this would be reality instead yeah. of like scripted. That's yeah. the best. That's like the, that's best, the best of all worlds. worlds. Yeah, because yeah, totally. then you're executive producer. As yeah, well. exactly. You're calling the shots. Mm-hmm. You still get to. I cute. always do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That sounds like. Like me yeah <laughs> totally definitely yeah. um we flash oh and then we have that flash forward to sheena singing and we have like a group acknowledgement that like she's not good like <laughs> which felt kind of mean of lala but i also love sheena just being like yo 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 like and all the producers being like okay this time with feeling yeah right. and she's like yeah and then lala being like i'm cutting her from the song because it's actually like a really important song pretty savage yeah i was like whoa yeah um lala says she's putting her own money into her music career because and it's not her man who's funding it which i'm like more power to yeah i thought this was interesting and to me it's just like further testament to lala as a feminist icon mm-hmm. and as one of the kind of feminist thought leaders of our time yeah that she's willing to be so um i would say brave yeah in really like staking her own claim in this corner of her empire mm-hmm. you know she doesn't she doesn't need anyone she's putting it all on the line mm-hmm. she's risking it all she's risking it all yeah. there's a lot of risk involved she <laughs> she's putting on the she's hiring stassi to be her event planner mm-hmm. she's now a client of stassi mm-hmm. she is stassi a client refers to her. she is a client and is throwing this showcase so people can see her talents at work and so i have to say i love their dynamic stassi and lala yeah yeah they're fun yeah that's like that's a twosome i would like gladly like give them a spinoff and like i'll watch the shit out of that. oh wow okay yeah those are fighting words no i mean i would i love that i would lala and stassi Um, 10 out of 10 would watch what i like about lala and stassi is that they both have like active side hustles Mm -hmm. outside of the show that they're like nurturing oh they're business women yeah they're business women for sure which like for as many problems as i have with stassi i do like have a lot of respect for what she's been able to build outside of oh she's like forever on her grind because everyone else on the show is like not on their grind yeah they're not up to much certainly not up to that 
no yeah i'm like where's like what happened to the t-shirt line what happened to the chunky sweater line what happened to the cocktail book like yeah there's a lot of projects that have really fallen by the wayside yeah and we're not getting any follow-up on yeah well we were we were just talking about this right like la is sort of like the place of forever just like quote-unquote projects Mm -hmm. you know and so like i feel like that's very it's very true to life yeah honestly to Mm -hmm. have like a litany of underdeveloped projects that never come to fruition yeah, that, that never really like bear fruit or amount to anything <laughs> um katie and tom are packing to go to vegas and katie is like are you bringing any businessy clothes mm-hmm. and everyone is really like you start to realize that none of these people have ever had any sort of professional interaction in their entire lives oh, yeah they haven't had to no and yeah. like so the con- they're like really celebrating this business meeting which is not a business meeting it's like they're filming for the reality show they're on and it's like you're showing up to meetings that you've like paid to be at essentially right but the way they like like they just say business meeting like fifty thousand times in this episode and are just like fully like they're like we're businessmen now now i'm curious how much of that is like a sort of narrative that has been invented for the show as opposed to like true to life i don't know why i find it so unfathomable that these like 30 so are they they're in their they're 30s. like 35 yeah Tom right. Sandoval turns 35 in this episode right so like that these 30 something men would have been so bereft of like real and meaningful work opportunities that like they don't know what kind of clothes to put on to like meet with potentially important people like is that actually possible maybe it is it is is that real i think it's real i mean i don't think they know because i remember that no it's insane and like because remember when they were doing they were trying to pitch themselves as like the sangria guys right and then they finally were just like you know i don't know if we can really do that like kind of just fell apart before it even began they still they just never knew what they were doing and in this it's like the way they're acting is like it is two people. It's just two idiots. It's sort of inspiring to me, honestly. Like they to, fail upwards to move through life with that level of cluelessness about fairly basic things. Mm-hmm. Is like really, it's. I find it stirring. Yeah, yeah. Like if only <laughs> I would. I wish I could. Aspirational. <laughs> it's very aspirational. Yeah, to be, to like to just sort of float through life that way but they like a lot i would say the majority of people on this show are exactly that genre of person who have just floated through life kind of haphazardly Uh falling into like random modeling jobs here acting in like a shitty film there and then like waiting tables being (laughs) marginally hot and then kind of being like i don't know and then the show just happened and kind of saved their life and like redefined everything i have so much like deep admiration for that level of ambitiousness ambitionlessness yeah you know like it's really but it's such a it's like a very it feels like a very la i was about to say it's very geographically specific like i don't know that that category of person exists in most places but like because i don't think i guess like every once in a while a person can get away with doing that in like a small town like i'm thinking back to like growing up in oklahoma city or whatever but like even then like no one it's like what are you gonna do with like yeah you can't be like a west hollywood like waiter type and like thrive on like no one cares really if you're hot 
in like well that was my like big revelation with like moving to la was that like you know it was it was a place populated by so many small town tens Mm -hmm. who had come here and found a universe where they could be in whatever way they're doing it professionally hot yeah which is why la is such a like weird dark house of mirrors Mm -hmm. because like you walk around la and so many people are so hot and you feel like a, I mean I feel like a complete ogre literally all the time mm-hmm. but what I have to remember is that hotness is their livelihood yeah you know I mean like like yeah I'm sure I would have a different level of commitment to like my personal grooming and fitness <laughs> if keeping a roof over my head depended on it you know what I on mean you being Which, hot yeah right on yeah. me being hot and like my primary skill that made me employable was hotness Mm -hmm. so like of course it's like a high priority a deep urge to be famous yes because i remember hotness and that hunger yeah and the hunger and like because i remember in the pilot episode when everyone they're like what do you want to do and they're like want to be famous like they're like i definitely want to be famous someday and like it it seeing them now in a place where it's like they're moneyed somewhat and like they're having business opportunities and like seeing them try and do it, but still not really know how to do it is like, it's shocking. It makes me kind of mad, but it also, I guess it creates like a jealousy in me. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like 100% salty about it. I'm like, we're living in a world where Tom Schwartz has done next to nothing with his life (laughs) yet has more money than, I'll probably see in the next like five years. Oh yeah. And like, by the way, I should say, and like put this front and center, like if I sound like a hater, 100% I am because yeah, I'm, I'm kind like, of a hater because I'm bitter and jealous. Yeah. And like, I wish I could operate that way. And so like, if, if like it 100% stems from like deep insecurity and like a feeling of like not being good enough. Entitlement. And, yeah. And, and, I feel really entitled and comparing to- myself to the, good-looking cast of Vanderpump Rules and finding myself ultimately less than. Yeah. So, if I, so if I'm criticizing so them or if I sound superior, know that it's a complete compensation for the way I feel about myself. But that is like the weird universe that we're <laughs> living in where there was a point in my life where I was like, lol, these fucking idiots. Or like, they're never going to get anywhere. Like, isn't this great? And then now the tables have really turned and oh, I'm yeah. like, okay, well... This is what we're dealing with now. Oh, one hundred percent. And, and like, I'm whatever like, Sheena's charging for her spawn con could like pay my rent for a year. Yeah, you know? and I'm like, that's interesting, and right. also kind of like a cosmic joke. <laughs> and totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, like, it feels like there's some very weird karmic forces at work here. There are. Yeah. It's like mystical almost. <laughs> it totally, it's is. the world. It's God is smiling. <laughs> As he, like, pull, as he she as pulls he, the strings of the Vanderpump yes, Rules universe. Yes, as she rewards the cast of VPR. Yeah, just yeah. like dumb hotties that right, like right, just like riches everywhere, yeah, <laughs> raining like, down on them. <laughs> it's complex. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot there's a lot to unpack here for sure. Jax and Brittany are just joining the trip, which I kind of, one thing I really loved about this episode is that Lisa paid for like all this nice <laughs> stuff so for Tom sad. and Ariana. <laughs> 
I love that so much. And left Jackson and Brittany out of it. I was at one point I was like, why aren't Jackson and Brittany going to this dinner at Mr. Chow? And it was because they were like they were not allowed. In like a service closet in the basement of Planet Hollywood. Yeah. Brittany's like what are you craving? Want to go to Hooters? Hooters? And yeah. He's like, ooh, Hooters. Yeah. And like, they're just not included in no, any of they like were, the they chic things. They were not things. welcome. Yeah, yeah. No. I love that. In the dungeony suite mm-hmm. with the weird spider chair. In the I middle. love that. I kind of <laughs> love the spider the chair. chair too. Yeah. No. I also loved that like they were all very taken with it as like a, a absolute fantasy of like elegance and sophistication. Um, you know, like they like, walked into a windowless room <laughs> and they were like, Oh, Katie goes, Dub, Is this what double it's like? doors. Yeah. A double door. And they walked in and there's no light, no natural light, and they're loving it. The spider chair was good. I was like, but then now I'm thinking like, God, because I was originally I was like, God, it'd be fun to stay there and like have sex in the spider chair. And then right. now I'm realizing how many people have thought the same thing and have probably had sex in the spider 100%. chair. It's like deeply unhygienic. Yeah. But like, by the way, like I've, I've been in like nice hotel rooms and suites in Vegas and like they're nicer than that. Yeah. Right? Like, like it wasn't like like they reacted like it was this like extraordinarily luxurious like decadent thing and it was like Mm -hmm. it's a it's a fucking hotel room you know but that's also the thing with them is that like their taste like their taste levels are so low that and like it is again bar is low again i'm just jealous i'm jealous i'm jealous literally i should just like double down and like make sure it's clear like i'm extremely jealous yeah yeah but are you a vegas person really i actually like vegas weirdly i mean well let me take that back okay i There are things that I really like about Vegas because I don't drink or gamble. Mm -hmm. There is literally nothing for me in Vegas, which to me makes it more fun. Like I like to like go for a long weekend in Vegas and like write and like Mm -hmm. sit alone in a hotel room because I'm the only person who's not doing anything Vegasy. Yeah, it's a place you can go and get like a very chic hotel room, very inexpensively, and Mm -hmm. like eat good food and like kind of do nothing. Yeah, but I mean, I think Vegas to me is like is like a very like most of Vegas feels like a poor person's fantasy of what being rich is like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a very like Trumpian version of America. Yeah. Like this sort of like weird, dark Pyrrhic fantasy of like what it would like to, what it would be like to like live very fabulously in a way yeah. that I find like kind of bone chilling. It's faux luxury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's all, it's all like very gold plated mm-hmm. in like a very chintzy way. Yeah. And the people that I, like, the way you do Vegas sounds really interesting. And I know other writers who like say like, I just go to Vegas and like yeah. bust out like a bunch totally. of work and like, don't do any Vegasy stuff. Right. But like people that are like obsessed with going to Vegas, like really freak me out. Cause I'm like, you know, this isn't like that, not like, it's not like a vacation. I just sort of like, can't imagine anything worse. Like one of the, like when I smoked, like I loved going to Vegas because you can smoke everywhere. Mm-hmm. And like, that's so unusual. Um, but like, there's nothing, I, I just can't imagine anything worse than being like really really fucked up in vegas you know which is like such a grim place on so many levels and like being there sober is like has enough of its unpleasantness the idea of like like waking up hungover in vegas or like stumbling through the hallways of caesar's palace like very very fucked up is so 
just like I can't imagine anything darker than that. Yeah. It's like very, very difficult for me to comprehend. It's a real no. Yeah, no, it's a hard pass for me. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, Princess Diana. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. I have breaking news for all the men out there who are looking for a little cup support. Finally, Me Undies is unveiling their latest gifts to help men feel big the contoured pouch and ball caddy. This micromodal sling keeps things separated and lifted. Nine out of 10 women swear this sophisticated brief technology will make you look huge. And that's all that matters, right? I personally have not tried the contoured pouch and ball caddy, but I do have a pair of high-cut, high-waisted undies, and I'm obsessed with the material. I love to sleep in full-coverage underwear, and these are so soft. They're comfortable. They're also flattering. They don't cut in weird to my hips or waist, and I'm positive that based on my experience with undies, the men who decide to go down a contoured pouch and ball caddy road are also going to be singing MeUndies praises. From all black classics to fun, expressive prints, MeUndies has a look for everyone. Plus, they come in sizes XS to 4XL, guaranteeing a flattering cut for everybody. MeUndies isn't just about underwear. Explore the lounge collection featuring joggers, hoodies, onesies, and more. MeUndies' signature fabric is as soft as a warm hug from your favorite sweater. It's breathable, stretchy, and oh-so-comfy, making it ideal for all-day wear. They use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that care for their workers. Not happy with your first pair of undies? It's on me undies. Good things come in big packages at me undies. Get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com/sexy. That's meundies.com/sexy for 20% off plus free shipping. Me undies, comfort from the outside in. Sandoval, they immediately when they get to Vegas go down to a cabana where they pour shots and mm-hmm. Sandoval goes to Vegas and business meetings <laughs> and then they all cheers and take a shot and I'm like you still aren't really understanding what a business meeting is well I don't think they've like, ever I'm had like, one have, before I don't think he's ever even been on like a general yeah <laughs> like <laughs> 
that's like what I like the way he's reacting to this business meeting is like how I was when I was having my first general meeting. Right. Where totally. I was like, do you wanna, me a meeting. Do you want to explain to people what generals are? Yeah. So for anyone that's not in the biz, a general is where you just are set up on like a, a, me- a meeting to meet with like an executive at a production company or studio or, or a like a network or Maybe you're meeting in an agency or something. And, and agents put you out on yeah, them. Yeah, they and put you out on the meeting. And it's basically you just sit down, you say hi, you kind of tell your backstory, they tell you what they're working on, and then you leave and usually never speak again. I will say that like when I first came to LA, like this, and I think this is true for everyone, like mm-hmm. it feels incredibly exciting. Like if you have representation, they're like, well, this week you're meeting with MTV, yeah. Netflix, like, you know, like whatever. Yeah, you know? or if you like, have a project, like when... White Girl Problems, when I got the book deal for White Girl Problems, my writing partners and I were sent out. We also got representation. We were sent out on 20 meetings that week. Right. And I remember being like, business meeting. Yeah, I was like, totally. so sand well, of all business meetings. it feels meeting. very much like, oh my God, yeah. I made it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my moment. It's all happening. Yeah. Like, sorry, can't, too many meetings with networks. Mm-hmm. And then like, you get in there and it's like, you know, some like very junior development person and they're like, asking you sort of weird stilted questions about like who you are and what you do and you're in there for like 15 minutes yeah. and like nothing ever comes of it and yeah. then you leave and you've like driven an hour to Santa Monica and rush hour traffic for like literally no reason yeah and like it ends up feeling like like what should be this really like exciting and triumphant thing and there's always like a very recent version of you in the rearview mirror that's like oh my god like here I am meeting with like whatever you who know. would have thought yeah right like, I would have made it all the way down to MTV <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> a kid like me in a place like this you know but like but it's actually just like completely demoralizing yeah and, like, and usually happens. more often than not nothing ever happens yeah although to any executives listening to this you know, I, I, I love am, meetings and I would love to come am, to more I meetings have us to 100 percent available to go <laughs> on excited. your general and uh, any yeah. people listening to this that I have meetings coming up with <laughs> right. I just want you to know I'm looking I forward to it tremendously to yeah you. I'm stoked for the general you know who you are and I love it and if I'm we can so bump excited. it up send me your avails mm-hmm. and let's get it on the books even sooner yeah. because like I want more meetings if you want to like turn that. it into a lunch or a dinner meeting <laughs> I'm also game I'm like very available to eat for free yeah, yeah, I love it. Thank it's you so much. one of so my much. passions. Yeah. Thank you so much. And also, if my reps are listening to this, <laughs> feel free to set more meetings. <laughs> I feel positive about it. Yeah, like, honestly, I don't know why I'm doing this extended <laughs> bit about hating generals when I haven't been I have asked like to one, go on a meeting I have one coming so up. so long. <laughs> Do it. you? Do you no, actually? No, it's like the end of the month. Or maybe next month. I don't know. It's pretty <laughs> like, far away. It's been so long <laughs> since anyone was like, has like taken an interest in me i like can't remember my last <laughs> business meeting actually the cosmic joke returns again i'm like actually <laughs> crying it's so dark I'm like i just did this like 20 minute bit about how i'm so much better than these generals and meanwhile like yeah, i am no i am starved for attention like <laughs> yeah. like anyone remotely connected to the entertainment industry who's listening right now please request a meeting with me yeah please yeah. set the meeting please call my team at caa and ask to speak with me about something i am so starved for attention <laughs> oh my god the irony that 
Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz have had more business meetings than me. I'm shaken to the core. I'm about to just drop the mic and run into the ocean. It's pretty bad. It's I pretty feel like bad. I, I came on this show hoping to be like sort of like arch and superior and like better than the cast, but actually like they're thriving and they're I'm not. Fully, they're fully thriving. This is a reality that <laughs> I've really had to not. really confront yeah. because this is like part of my livelihood is doing this <laughs> podcast, which really started out as like let's troll these fucking idiots, and then now I'm the one that's mostly trolled but it's okay and i'm here for the journey and to like learn have a deeper understanding of life in general it's really dark it's really dark though yeah Yeah, i won't i won't i won't argue with that (sighs) okay um britney's fake pregnancy test storyline is like a hard i did not i did not care for the commercial break no i did not care for the tease during the reveal no like nothing about it was like i didn't like any of it no it was like who what do you take us for yeah right why are you trying to do this grow up yeah yeah billy lee and sheena and lala all go out for drinks and Mm -hmm. billy lee's ex has been trolling her so she's Mm -hmm. done two yoga classes and is ordering a shot and a light beer (sighs) to try and like deal with her problem he's clearly problematic yeah he's very problematic yeah and then but my favorite where do you think she practices yoga i don't know i really would love to find (laughs) out i kind of see like maybe a y7 journey for her i could see a y7 or a playlist journey i would like to believe that she's like more of like a wanderlust girl but like it feels pretty likely that it's like a playlist hot yoga a playlist for y7 yeah and like i want to like give credit to billy lee because like i think that she's really chic but Mm -hmm. like it seems very likely that it's like a place where there are like candles burning and like they're playing rap music. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. If anyone has intel on where Billy Lee is doing yoga, yeah, please let us know. Tell us. If you've seen her around town. My favorite thing about this whole interaction in the bar with them was when Billy Lee's like, so my ex was like telling me he can't get over the fact that I used to have a penis. And then Lala looks at her and goes, You're a chick, dude. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> I completely <laughs> missed that. That's a really like, good line. That was a really good line. Yeah, that's um, great. Sheena then makes it all about herself, and she's like, oh, I totally know what you mean, because me and Shay should never have gotten married. <laughs> I did watch that extraordinary turn when Sheena, like, commandeered the conversation away from something that's actually, like, a kind of, like, you know, serious and, like, upsetting thing yeah. for Billy Lee. And, like, a Did real you, issue. And, like, a very real issue, you know, this, like, like whatever kind of transphobic journey her dude is on. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Sheena just, like, made it about her vacuous problems, yeah. like, as she is wont to do. Like, related it somehow where it's, like, not related at all. Oh, yeah. No, it was, like, the <laughs> biggest reach. <laughs> it was really, really hungry. <laughs> Everyone's like, that's sad and, like, fucked up you'd say that. And she's like, maybe... Maybe he's just not the right guy for you. Like, yeah. Shay wasn't the right guy for me. But now I found him, and yeah. it feels so good. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's like, anyways. Yeah, cool. Congrats. Um, they're... Okay, so this show has just turned into a show full of business meetings, mm-hmm. because Lala then meets with Stassi. <laughs> <laughs> business meetings anymore everyone is having business meetings but us it's way too dark for me <laughs> and uh, lala has i guess and my question is who is paying for like so stassi's like i would normally never drink a shot of a shot of uh sake but 
Lala's a client, so here I am. Yeah, like wh- what tab is that going on? Yeah, and who's paying like who's paying Stasi to like event plan Lala's showcase and who's paying for Lala's showcase? I have no idea. Do any listeners have any intel as to whether Stasi's event planning business exists outside of the show? It doesn't. I okay. have intel of okay, that. That's good. And that it was a totally it's completely fabricated okay. so that she can have storylines for the okay. season. That's really good to know because I have been wondering because with with, you know, like a lot of other people in the you know, Bravo Extended Cinematic Universe, like their businesses are very real enterprises outside of the show. Yeah. But then sometimes they only exist within the bounds of the show. And it's like, you kind of never know. No, it's only within the bounds of the show. Okay, interesting. Um, Lala says she's like worried that James is going to get like really fucked up and ruin her showcase, which is like a legitimate fear to have. It sounds very plausible. And it fa- sounds like it's going to happen. Because I feel like this kind of setup is just prepping you for like a full James meltdown. It would be so crazy if James did something really irrational at mm-hmm. Lala's showcase. Yeah. I would never see that coming. No, yeah. absolutely not. Um, and Lala goes, I literally would take a bullet for James Kennedy. Same. <laughs> who wouldn't who wouldn't Jax is coked the fuck out in vegas like pre britney like does her little pregnancy test like yeah. scene and then well, weren't they going to bed at like 9 a.m well they were later that night so yeah. they start off the first night in vegas with like brit and the girls are doing the pregnancy thing and then Jax is downstairs ordering shots of tequila and his pupils are like dilated to all hell and back <laughs> and then they they cheers and Jax goes cheers to business meetings <laughs> Was the episode called Business Meetings? No, it was called Vegas, baby. And like, oh, yeah, that's And right. this is just like, and they truly, they say the word business meeting 48,000 times so in this weird. app. So and weird. everyone cheers. Then Brittany, also Brittany's like, I've been just, I don't know what's happening. I've been throwing up nonstop. And like, I've ever since like Big Bear. And it's like, your body is trying to tell you that like you're in a terrible relationship. <laughs> right, it's like yeah. when you get sick like that, right. it's because you're stuck. Your body is down. revolting yeah. against you because you are making such poor choices. Yeah. yeah. Like you have toxic emotions built up that right. now your body is just trying to physically purge. Eject them out of you. And I love that she instead of trying to even like think that that might be a right, possibility. Or like interrogate what's really going on with her like, whole system. Maybe I'm pregnant. And like <laughs> and then the producers are like, yeah, let's go with yeah, that. Yeah, no, we're going to lean into that yeah for like all of five minutes <laughs> and Brittany goes before i take a thousand more shots i just want to take this pregnancy test. <laughs> <laughs> like clear my mind classiest then, move i know i love like before i take like so as if if it came back positive she would still just take a thousand more shots <laughs> right yeah before, before i do before i commit to like yeah, having right. this baby ten thousand shots yeah yeah um her outfit also is just like Britney's really doing a lot. Oh, of, like, was that the was that the deep cleavage cape moment? The deep cleavage cape romper, yes. belted. Yes, the belted romper. She loves like any sort of deep cleavage, white or beige family. Oh, absolutely. Like w- with just fabric hanging <laughs> here and there. But it's not like a sort of. It's not like a chic like kardashian adjacent like earth tones moment no. it's like like that was a sort of rich camel mm-hmm. i would say which is not no uh, there, there was nothing elegant about it. no yeah. i don't love it 
it was giving me flashbacks of last year's reunion, last season's reunion outfit, where she dressed in that like kind of like ghostly Victorian, like slutty ghost Victorian (laughs) pirate ship. Yes. Wendy from Peter Pan. Like it was like so many looks. Slutty ghost special. Yeah. Yeah. Jax goes, I'm ready to go to five in the morning. And he's like looking around like frantically. (laughs) Like he's like on Coke. Yeah. Or rolling. And then Brittany says, she said something that was kind of weird. She was like, if we lived in Kentucky, we'd have at least two kids by now. And I'm like, why? Like you would. Is that just like automatic? I don't know. But I was like, are you saying that maybe you got two abortions? Like since you live in LA or you just would be like, I didn't think that was what she was saying. I just assumed that like, you know, that's what you do. Yeah. Like there's like different expectations about like, you know, if, and when you have kids, Mm -hmm. which like is maybe the case. I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't really get inside their relationship in a way that I think I will ever find satisfying. Like, I find it extremely confounding. And it feels like there's, like, a sort of weird... There's a weird continuity fuck-up in terms of, like, how much attention we gave to his bad behavior and infidelity, like, a few episodes ago. Yeah. And how much it's just been, like, completely... It's fine now. Lost or, like, I don't... It's like it never happened. Right. And I'm like, is this just, like, the essence of their relationship is, like, he gaslights her in this way to where it, like, everything gets brushed under the rug really quickly? Or I is, guess. like, a lot of time passed? But or... it's, like, it's... And maybe, like, maybe it was just edited and, like, much more time has gone by and, like, that time has, you know, healed wounds in the necessary ways. But it... Like, it's a very memento kind of experience. Yeah. Like, how did we get back here already? Yeah. And, like, a couple episodes ago, it was, like, all deeply fraught. And I'm. it makes me not have the same level of respect for Britney because mm-hmm. I'm just, like, wow. Like, I just yeah. thought that she was better than that. No, she's, like, a very willing participant in what is, like, clearly a really dark-sided thing. Yeah, and I'm also, like... Okay, so Jax is, like, clearly so fucked up, and, like, they're going to bed at, like, 9 a.m. or something, which makes me think that she probably parties as much as he does. I don't know. That's so hard for me to imagine, but, like, I don't know. You never know. You don't have any intel about this? I don't have any intel, but my I just feel like if you're dating someone that's, like, that deep into, like drugs and alcohol that you probably keep up somewhat i will say this is always like one of my biggest pet peeves and like maybe it's possible that there are like partners of people who have like active addictions who like genuinely don't know Mm -hmm. but it's like speaking as someone who like was an active addict for Mm -hmm. many years like you are not as slick as you think you are you know when you're like active in like a very real drug addiction like everybody knows whether they're talking about it or not and these people who are like I guess like co-signing implicitly or like enabling these like really dark patterns of behavior and then pleading complete ignorance, like always rings really false to me. You don't live with someone who's like, who has a substance abuse problem and have no idea. I don't think maybe, no. I'm wrong. maybe they're, I don't think you do. And I, don't, I, think, I don't mean to generalize. I just like, it's really, really difficult for me to imagine. Yeah. And having been privy myself to like people that, have been in relationships and like one person is like a heavy user and like the other one is maybe not so much like there still is some sort of like enabling that's going on or like there's something about that dynamic that keeps the relationship working a hundred percent yeah and like that's its own kind of weird sickness yeah so i mean jackson britney's relationship is like 
I didn't think that we could get darker than Katie yeah, and Tom's. No, but, it's but then really Vanderpump dark. Rules always delivers. They always do. Yeah. They just know. Schwartz's rules for going out is no shots after 6 a.m., one water for every beer, and if he loses $1,000, then that's it. Yeah, that sounds responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Again, just a total financial troll. Because yeah. if I lost $1,000, <laughs> I would truly lose I... everything. <laughs> <laughs> Literally <laughs> like I don't oh, even actually have a thousand dollars to lose. Oh, my entire net worth! <laughs> what am I gonna do? That's all. I I I can't. I can't even wrap my head around that. Yeah. I ga- I dated a guy who would like gamble that way in Vegas, the- and I was like, how how are you comfortable with losing this money and having nothing to show for it? Why don't you want to fritter it away on bougie workout classes and expensive shoes and? meals at restaurants you can't afford like a normal person yeah. like what's wrong with you i would much much rather like just blow it all on some sort of like shopping spree yeah and I, like nice dinner exactly than... like why would you do that with your money when you could have like gucci slides and go to soul cycle twice yeah i don't really understand <laughs> gambling yeah. yeah yeah me either it like, me neither. does not speak to me yeah in the least but mm-hmm. i mean like God I mean, speak. like, if I was dating a guy and he was, like, a great gambler, like, never lost money, then I'd be like, okay, I love that, and can I have some? Yeah, right. But, like, it just feels stressful. In that scenario, I would just, like, stand off to the side in, like, a cute dress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be my preference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Jax wakes up. He looks like, I think he has, like, a nose full of Coke boogers. <laughs> like, I saw that. I, like, saw some flex in his nose when he and Brittany are lying in bed. And she's, like, talking about her pregnancy test practical joke. And she's like, I thought you were going to be so mad. And then he's like, what'd you do? You just you just stick it up in there? And it's like, he. we then realize that Jax has no idea how, how a pregnancy test. How to this point in life with as many <laughs> sexual partners as he has had and not know how a pregnancy test works? He literally got a girl pregnant in Vegas in season one of this show. How does show. he not know? He just has, I guess, never thought to ask. I mean, listen, he's had a lot going on. I love that he just has forever... Even after his pregnancy scare and subsequent abortion, yeah, is like never mm-hmm. even the whole thing about pulling out was really upsetting to me. That's insane on a multitude of levels because yeah. one, it's like what you guys are being crazy for right. this is your method this of is birth like control, highly reckless, yeah. yeah, like very reckless. Like, I know people, I've like talked to women that have been like on the whatever the birth method is, or birth control method, it's like natural cycles or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then are, that are pregnant. Like yeah. they're like, yeah, we thought we were doing it and it just didn't work. And I'm like, yeah, cause you were having unprotected sex. Like all the time. And just like feeling if your just body like feeling was your like, body. Yeah. yeah. It's feeling, like, no. are, like, am I fertile today? And also like, Jax is a serial cheater, so that it kind of I mean, weirds me out that Britney's having like totally unprotected sex with him. That was the part of it that like really darked me out because that feels like extremely high risk behavior with someone who like does not have a great tradition of fidelity, yeah, to say the least. Yeah. So just like worried about both of them. Yeah, same. Mostly Britney. Yeah, mostly Britney. She is the most to lose in that situation. For sure. Tom Tom, according to Lisa, Tom Tom is going to be industrial, romantic, industrial, sexy now. Was that the exact? She said quote? It, she okay. was like, "It's going to be industrial, Great. romantic," Great. and then she's describing it like in a separate sentence, and you just hear her going, "Industrial, sexy, Great. now." Great, great. It's architectural with lots of Edison bulbs. Mm-hmm. 
We love an Edison bulb. I have to say, I thought those renderings looked pretty nice. They didn't. Yeah, they did. They looked not... They didn't... My bar was set so low, I think, that it, it was a pleasant surprise to see thought, what like, they look like i'll i'll go i mean like i always yeah like, that was my first thought i was yeah, like, like i'm going yeah like I'm, defi- go I'm definitely gonna go yeah like there's, there's no, no world way in which not going yeah. to this place yeah, absolutely sure. not yeah um i said this before on the podcast but i was going through <laughs> i had to go through a lot of bank statements from like 2015 and 2016 and That's like fun. go through every single like For charge what? just because i was like having a lot of tax problems oh, and like God. It was a whole deal. And so I was writing down, like noticing how much money I spent on a various amount of things. And one thing that really stuck out to me was that I went to pump so many times. (laughs) I did not realize how many times I had gone to pump as like, and it's always as a joke, but really then... Like you're actually, you're you're there a lot. No, it's there a lot. Oh, it was actually nice that... Jack got Tom that guitar for his birthday. That was really thoughtful. That was like, really characteristically so. Yeah, I yeah. was like, "Whoa, a human moment!" Right, super weird. We need to say a prayer and have a moment of silence for Momofuku Milk Bar because it officially peaked as of this episode of Vanderpump Rules. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. What are you wearing to Milk Bar's funeral? Mm, just a black, simple sheath. black dress. Yeah, yeah. simple yeah. black dress. Totally. I'm wearing Britney's cape belted romper. Deep in black moment yeah okay black. i actually will wear her black. i'll wear her reunion dress pirate slutty pirate <laughs> ghost. ghost yeah <laughs> in black okay great they look at the cake as they present it to sandoval and someone goes like it has a dick on it and then everyone laughs and then Brittany goes she goes look at all the chocolate discharge and i was like <laughs> fully the fact that she called it dis like discharge is, is so really disconcerting, but then really says a lot about like the type of sex that she's having with Jax and like the interaction <laughs> with his stop, dick because stop. there probably is a lot of discharge. I'm just uh, saying. I hate that so much. I hate it, but it's illuminating and it's it true. needs to be pointed out. You're not wrong. The Toms and their girlfriends go to Mr. Chow. And they order Fiji because it's a special occasion. That was noteworthy to me as well. Mm-hmm. Did you recognize the second bottled water brand that was... Bedois? Yeah. Yeah. I, that was new to me. Really? Where do they serve that? Is it sparkling or flat? It's sparkling. Mm. It's like a sparkling water that's served at restaurants sometimes. I thought I was classy. And I was like, did he just make that up? That shocks me that you didn't know that. Brand? Yeah, no, apparently. I, I mean, no I, business meetings and no Bedouin <laughs> knowledge. How far the mighty have fallen. And my generals, I do not get offered Bedouin. <laughs> they don't. Is it, what is it? Bedouin? Bedouin? Bedouin. Is it like shameful that I don't know what this is? I don't I just think so. Up. I just know that I've seen it at restaurants and stuff. And I've seen it as like a sparkling water brand. But I, mean, I feel like I'm pretty up to speed on like, all water brand like that's a passion of mine <laughs> i will say i'm like a diehard flat water drinker like okay. i don't drink sparkling oh water i heavily all. fuck with sparkling so water. that maybe well i i don't fuck with like straight up sparkling water i drink La- lacroix at home mm-hmm. obviously but yeah, yeah, like, yeah when i'm like out at restaurants like i'm i'm a flat water oh yeah i'm a life. tap water yeah. i'm like yeah yeah totally. i'm not paying for water in a restaurant um 
Yeah, it, I, I was surprised that I didn't know that brand, and I guess I have no taste or class, which is, like, honestly not surprising. Yeah, at yeah. this point. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who's shocked? <laughs> Nobody. Tom Zanaval can't stop making bad jokes about the duck, and he's pissing all the waiters mm-hmm. off. Yeah, that was uncomfortable. Um, Jeremy. Then we cut to Jeremy having a photo shoot with James, because... Things are going so well for James that it's time for him to have like a classic white DJ photo mm-hmm. shoot. Absolutely. For the flyers. For the flyers. Yeah. Yep. I love that he's also doing push ups and getting ready for a photo shoot where he has a shirt on. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Necessary. And I am actually happy for James that he's found so much success in DJing because he's not. He's not a bad DJ. Yeah. No, I, I believe that he's not a bad DJ. I've list, I've heard him DJ and I've said this for years that he's a great dj the thing about me is like and and i don't know if this is just like something that i have blinders on for like i'm not sophisticated enough to differentiate but i feel the way about djing that i do about poetry Mm -hmm. like i know very bad poetry and i know exceptionally good poetry and then what lives in the middle Mm -hmm. i have no idea whether it's like good or mediocre or like fine or lacking like i don't feel like my my lens is like really refined enough to be able to like make a real assessment about like whether it's good or not. Yeah. And that's how I feel about DJing. Yeah. You know? Like, like how it's a really you, good analogy. Like, how do you know what a good DJ is? Like, obviously if somebody's like fucking up the like beats per minute and like mm-hmm. the mixes or like playing really like whack stuff. Yeah. Like, I guess that would constitute a bad DJ. Yeah. I but, think like, so. What separates a James Kennedy from an, Avicii is it like inventiveness is it like the like what what is it what, I don't know, what makes actually. a great DJ I don't even know how someone like Avicii becomes Avicii neither do I like is that just like Brandon Isn't he like 20 years old or something yeah he's, he's like, like 11 yeah. yeah I don't know I don't know who gets behind your music and like pulls the strings to suddenly you're making like 500k a weekend right. in Vegas. Like I don't understand. And is James it at Kennedy all. a great DJ like Tiesto, or is he a great DJ like Paris Hilton? I don't know. Well, it's like. And was Samantha Ronson is... ever a truly great DJ? I yeah, don't know. was she? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like I Does saw she her still DJ. DJ. I don't know. I have no idea. What does she do? <laughs> I don't that's know. a separate podcast. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's next week's episode. Yeah, next Just week's like episode. dedicated to a deep dive into Sam Ronson's current whereabouts. Like, what has she done since 2010? I have absolutely no Truly, idea. Truly, I couldn't even begin to. You try know what? And... I I got invited to an event where she was DJing. Okay, so she's still like does within DJ. the last year. Okay. I can't remember what it was, but I remember like noting it on the invite and being like. Huh. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Love. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I don't know if James Kennedy is like a great DJ or not because I don't actually know what constitutes a great DJ. I don't really know either. I just know if I like what's happening or not. But usually when I'm in the presence of any DJ, I would either have had a few drinks or some other mind-altering substances. Right. So like my like you can't trust me really. Well, well I know if I I know when I've experienced bad DJs too. I would love any insights that listeners might have about what makes a great DJ because this would be like super illuminating. For yeah. Me. Probably not playing at places other than Sir. I don't understand why you're attacking me like this. <laughs> <laughs> Lala's man isn't coming to her showcase. And James wow. is heated about that. Wow. Understandably. And he says, like, he's probably too busy cutting into a fucking steak at Mastro's to mm-hmm. come to his girl's show. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, 
true. Yeah, very possible. Um, is that where he goes? I think? guess so. Well, he's a he producer, eats? so sure. that's where producers seem to eat. We wouldn't know. <laughs> I get invited to no meetings with no, them, so I have We no don't idea. have meetings, so yeah. we don't know where right. they go. Yeah. Um, Ariana's huffing on her inhaler, mm-hmm. which has never really been out and about before, but maybe she's having some asthma journeys on this episode. I mean, if anywhere is going to irritate your nasal passages, it's Vegas. True. I don't think I've ever gone to Vegas and not come back sick. It's very dry there. Oh, the air quality is just yeah. hideous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Schwartz is getting... So they all go out to dinner at Mr. Chow and then go to Tao afterwards and mm-hmm. have like a Vegasy birthday party. Mm-hmm. And Schwartz gets like beyond obliterated. Mm-hmm. And he gets the level of drunk that it's like... It's not cute anymore. Yeah, getting... no, it, it feels more kind of dangerous or sinister. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Like if he, like, thank God he has friends to like babysit him because yeah. he should not ever be left to his own devices 100%. if that's how drunk he's getting. Yeah. And also very problematic, I think. Yes, I agree. Um, then we cut to the next morning and Lisa's having another business meeting with the head of the restaurant at Caesars Palace and there's more Vanderpump Rosé promo. And a potential, apparently you can get the entire bottle poured into one glass, which mm-hmm. was, I was very taken with that as like a visual. And yeah. I was disappointed that we didn't get to see it mm-hmm. during that segment. I really liked that. I'm excited that Vanderpump Rosé is having like it's Phoenix rise from the ashes because Mm -hmm. I feel like for a while it was very, it was in a TBD place. Well, I think I'm guessing that part of what you're excited about is like ready or access to Vanderpump Rose. Yeah. Like many of your favorite non Vanderpump owned restaurants. Like the idea of like you could just go get it on the menu. Yeah. Cause it is actually like like going to like Hugo's or whatever for brunch. Mm -hmm. And like there's Vanderpump Rosé. I mean, imagine. I know. What a world. It's a surprisingly good Rosé. Is it? Yeah, it is. Actually, I will say it's delicious and I, I recommend it. God bless. Yeah. So just know that (laughs) (laughs) it's 9am and the Toms are taking shots of fireball on their way to meet with Lisa mm-hmm. and Ken, which mm-hmm. is when you, it's like, maybe that's just like hamming it up for the camera, but it's also like, what are you doing? It's right like, now? it's so self-destructive. It's so bad that it's like, how do you just not understand? I'm just not clear. I know I keep coming back to this and beating this drum, but I'm not, it is so unimaginable to me that these man babies would be so colossally inexperienced and unprofessional that even for like a major business meeting, Mm -hmm. the likes of which VPR has never seen before. Yeah. um, Certainly the likes of which I've never seen (laughs) before (laughs) um, that they would not have their shit together. Like it has to be an invention for the show. Like it has to be a plot point, right? Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I would, I, I like, really, what tension would there be if they just like showed up to the meeting on time looking nice? I'm going to go out on a limb and just be like, n- and say, no, I think that this is what this is actually, this is are. how they conduct themselves in the business, in the environment of business, business meetings in business meetings. <laughs> yeah. That is remarkable. Yeah. I am. I should say for anyone listening, always on time for my generals. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. I might be like five minutes late, but. 
I even like get there early to like deal with whatever the parking situation is. You, to, like, you're good about that. Yeah. No, I'm like, usually either right on time or like maybe a couple minutes late. But I mean, like, that's fine. Like, but it's, it's whatever. It's yeah, LA. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then we have this like really uncomfortable scene where it seems like Lisa is really getting pissed at them. Mm. Like they're talking too much. They're like being too goofy. She's like actually just trying to like order the lamps and they're like interrupting and are kind of drunk and she ends up sending Schwartz and yeah, he's been dismissed Sandoval away. Yeah. She's like, please just go in the other room and do whatever yeah. you want. Like drink a Dr. Pepper and like, I'll talk to you later. Right. And Tom Schwartz, when he's in these situations where he gets like uncomfortable around Lisa is like, they're so awful because he just doesn't know how to conduct yeah, himself. He's so clueless. Yeah. And yeah. he'll be like kind of laughing or trying to like make up yeah. for it. And it's just like awful to watch. No, it's completely unbearable. And like, I, I don't know. I mean, again, it's like, I, I, at what point, if you were Lisa, why would you not just say like, okay, let's be done with this. Like, you know, I get like, let's, let's maintain the gimmickry of having you guys be like sort of named as part of this new business enterprise Mm -hmm. and leave you out of everything because you're such fuck ups. Yeah. Why continue engaging them? Like, I, I feel like it has to be for the purposes of the show because why on earth would anyone who is like, you know, whatever, like whatever you think of Lisa, she is like uh, an incredibly successful and accomplished businesswoman who's been like very canny in mm-hmm. the decisions she's made. Like, why would you have these two idiots like making things worse for you? Yeah, I don't know. It must that I think is for the show, and also it's like a way to tie her more organically into the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which makes sense. Yeah, because it's like not a lot of them. I mean, I guess some of them still work at Sir, but the majority don't at this right. point. So. Right. But it's like, it's really baffling yeah. and it's uncomfortable. And I do, I did get the sense that she was like pissed at that. Genuinely irritated. Yeah. Just yeah. being like, I'm as, over as this. she was with Jax. Like, I think, like, I think her feelings were actually like very hurt mm-hmm. by the fact that he like, you know, did not show up for her thing. Yeah. That seemed authentic to yeah, me. Totally. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why she would include them. Yeah. I have no idea her watch was really insane. There was a oh, shot of her like crazily huge, like diamond encrusted square watch. Oh. It was interesting. It was love, a look. Love her. Um, and then Tom Sandoval tries to like butt in after he's been told to go away. And she's like, just like dismisses him. And then I was just like, in a full body cringe. And then yeah. the episode was over. That's so it was saved. Next week looked really good. Next James's dad. Wow. I was shook. I had I I was no his mom. idea that that's what we were dealing with. Oh, yeah. And then his mom was married to that man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And had a child with him. And that child is James Kennedy. It's pretty incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. What was it? What was at the end of the teaser for next week that was so good? I was like, I, th- I thought I was watching... I thought I was one week behind and when oh, I realized that when, it hadn't aired yet, I was furious because I was hoping to just like go on my DVR to the next one. It was really disappointing. When Sta- Billy Lee says that Jeremy asked her out on a date and then Stassi goes, you need to be careful because he's creepy. Oh, and then yeah. she gets in a, she does my favorite thing, which is reminding me of the Housewives of Beverly Hills, Scary Island when, Be- mm-hmm. when 
Kelly's like, it's creepy. It's yeah, creepy. Yeah, yeah. And so Stassi has a moment of calling around his brother creepy. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Love that. So I'm here for any sort yeah, of like infighting. Oh, always. A hundred percent. Well, what an episode it was. What an episode. I know. I know. This season is just like, we're back. I know. They're back. They're better than ever. They're not messing around. They're more inclusive. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're more woke. Yeah. They're really going for it. They're going for it. They're thriving. They're thriving intersectionally. Yeah. In new and satisfying ways. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for being my guest. Oh my God. It was my pleasure. This was like a true joy. I mean, I, I like what better way to spend an afternoon? Oh God. I love having you on. You have to come back sometime. Obviously. And will you just tell our listeners where they can find you? Absolutely. On both Twitter and Instagram at Sam Lansky, S-A-M-L-A-N-S-K-Y. That's me. And you can buy my book, The Gilded Razor. Um, on Amazon, or you know what? Go to your local bookseller. Yeah, we get love a hard copy. Our um, independent booksellers, you know. The, yeah, the lifeblood of the publishing industry. The hard copy is worth it because it was a very nicely designed book. Oh, thank you so much. I'm actually looking at it on your shelf right yeah. now. I'm like definitely gonna like grab a little Insta video. Oh, absolutely. And, like, do like a slow zoom on it on your shelf on my way out of here. I loved it. I read it and that it's a great book. Oh, so I co-sign. So wow. I co-sign this promo. It's quite an endorsement. It's a it's a truly truly great book. I appreciate it. Thank um you. so yeah, get it. Thank you. And thank you. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. See Bye. you at the meeting. <laughs> Bye. This episode of the Sexy Unique podcast is brought to you by the following premium sponsors: Lori Wheat, Meredith Good, and William Jones. Thanks to you guys, it's all happening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.